how's it going? It's good. How about you, man? Yeah, doing good. Um, so, you know, one of the things I, uh, you know, just kind of recently found out was, um, you know, you are really into health, wellness, helping people transform their bodies. Um, so can you tell like people a little bit about what you do? Yeah. Yeah. So right now my main, my main gig is, uh, body work. I, it's under the umbrella of massage therapy. I do soft tissue work and I basically help people iron out their, their kinks. So I help them fix their, their posture through my arms, my hands, my elbows. Uh, that's my main thing. And then on the side, I just film content related to health and wellness, uh, fitness, sexual transmutation, semen retention, stuff on masculinity and stuff like that. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So why did you decide to get into like helping people with their bodies and like, you know, um, I mean, there's so many ways to help people, right. And heal people, but why, why specifically did you choose like helping people improve their posture? Yeah. Well, I, it started with like personal training. Uh, when I was doing personal training, I realized there was a lot of people who couldn't do certain movements and uh, I was trying to figure out like, why is it? And then it started to go down the rabbit hole of tight muscles and learning about muscle imbalances. And that's when, you know, I think you introduced me to Elliot Hulse, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I saw a lot of videos from Elliot Hulse and then I found Paul check through Elliot Hulse. And then once I found Paul check, it was pretty much like game over, you know, like as in like, you know, that whole holistic health fitness journey started from that because I realized, you know, people's bodies we're just a reflection of what's going on inside. Like it's, it's everything, you know, it's mental, emotional, and even maybe spiritual, but I saw like the whole picture, you know, that mm. certain people, they don't move. So they're it reflects in their body and certain movement patterns. So once I kind of dove deeper into holistic health, it really interested me in terms of like having alignment, you know, having your body straight, mm-hmm. having your muscles uh, balanced, and just having everything working properly. And that's exactly, you know, how I got started with wanting to help people in that, in that area. Like it just lights me up. Hmm. That's cool. Yeah. Interesting. So, um, so do you still do like any of the, uh, like, you know, I know you're a personal trainer and you're helping people like uh-huh. lose weight, build muscle, that sort of thing. Yeah. Do you still do some of that or do you just focus on body work now? Uh, right now it's all body work. Yeah. Mm. Before it was personal training. And then I hit like a a ceiling in terms of like how much it can grow because like at LA fitness or the big box gyms, you're only given a certain amount of time. And, you know, I kind of like, I couldn't teach them anymore beyond that. So that's how I got called into massage therapy and body work. Mm. So I started to get into uh, that field that way, but yeah, it's all, all body work right now. Mm. That's awesome. So, um, yeah, that's, it's kind of like, uh, you know, that's kind of what I've noticed too. Like just in my personal journey is like, there's development, you know, like first you start off with something. I remember, um, in college, you know, my, my mission was always to impact people and help people. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, huh, maybe I should become a detective. Cause I was, grew up watching like shows, you know, crime shows uh-huh. uh, with my mom. And, um, and I thought, wow, that'd be really cool to just help people help families, um, just kind of find out who killed you know, their family member. And then I started taking a few classes, um, <laughs> at Sac State. And I was like, uh, this is not for me, <laughs> you know, because, um, 
you had to become a police officer first, but sometimes I might not agree with their laws, but I would Uh still have to enforce it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, okay, well, maybe I can become a, a social worker and help, you know, families that have been, um, affected by like, you know, society and, and they need help. And then I took a few classes. I'm like, huh, this is kind of like the same thing. I would still have to follow policies that someone else created that I might not believe in. Right. And so then I bumped into business mm-hmm. and I figure, Hmm, I can create, I realized that money is what moves the world. You know, people that with a lot of resources move the world, whether it's for good or for bad. And so why don't I use money for good? And when I build my own business, it's my rules. You know, mm-hmm. I get to decide how I want to build the business and you know, the causes that I want to help. So that's kind of how I landed here. But, you know, it kind of took years of development to realize that, you know, um, and, and really focusing on the root cause. So, so yeah, it seems like you kind of undergone something very similar. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny how like the universe will guide you. Cause like, if you try to do something that you think you want to do, and then you get into it and it doesn't actually work out, like you'll get, you'll get nudged in a certain other direction, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. So um, what are just kind of like some of the things that people have a problem with, you know, when you're working on their body, like, are there like aches and pain, lower back pain? Like, you know, I know posture is one thing, like what is kind of like the root cause of, you know, poor posture and like the pain that people experience in their bodies? Yeah. So the most common things that I see and feel in my practice would be neck pain, like neck tension, and then like lower back and hip stuff. So neck and shoulders and then lower back. So those are like the two, the, the two junction points that where the most problems can occur. Cause like with your pelvis, like your glutes and your core, if any one of those are weak or tight or not one's pulling on, pulling on it more, it's going to cause your like pelvis to rotate or it's going to cause it to elevate. Or if your quads or your hamstrings, one of them is tighter than the other, then it'll cause like like the one to go forward, one to go backwards. So there's like two different forces going on. Mm-hmm. So with like the pelvis, there's a bunch of things that can happen. And what I feel yeah. a lot in most people, sometimes there's like no muscle tone in their butt. So they probably don't train their glutes. Mm. A lot of them have super big bellies, you know, like mm. super big guts. Maybe their uh, intestines are inflamed. Like they mm. eat a bunch of shitty diet, like a bad diet. And it's like their, their gut is just like, you know, right. and that's like, you won't be able to control your pelvis because your stomach is way too big and you don't have any core control. So people who have any type of muscle, you know, tightness uh, in their hips or their legs or their core isn't functioning, that usually leads to lower back pain. And I can't really fix that on the table because it's like, I can only address tight muscles, you know, like muscle restrictions. So people who come in for like lower back pain, it's kind of complicated but it's like, you just need to work out and do some movement first. And then once you tightened everything up, then I'll loosen up the ones that need to be loosened. And then like neck and shoulder pain, a lot of it is just coming from sitting too much, you know, like, you know, what kyphosis is, you know, like Mm-mm. rounding, like your spine, just oh. like touching forward. It's that, that right. Posture. So when you're sitting all the time, like it just strains your neck. So a lot of it mm-hmm. is just, you know, muscle imbalances from what we do every day. So yeah, that's what I work on. Oh, that's awesome. Stuff. Yeah. 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 You know, um, I don't know if you know this, but uh, last year, earlier last year, I think it was February, 
mm-hmm. um, I started ha- uh, getting sciatica. Like oh. there was like a, oh yeah. Uh, if you guys never had sciatica <laughs> before, it's the most excruciating pain that you'll ever feel. Well, in my opinion, that's the, that's the thing I've, I mean, that's the only thing I've really felt where which leg it just feels on? so bad. Um, it was at first it started with both. Uh-huh. <laughs> so like the way to describe, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. the way to describe sciatica pain, a sciatic pain is like someone stabbing you in the back of your leg or like at some points it felt like your leg was like burning like uh-huh. someone lit fire on your leg and it's just uh-huh. burning. Uh-huh. And so there was a few days where I couldn't even walk. Like I was just stuck, you know? And then I figured it's because I was sitting too much. Okay. And then on top of that, sitting in a really bad chair, you know, it was like a dining room chair, you know, like working from home and like working in the kitchen, you know, I see, <laughs> like I see. Dining room. so you didn't like hurt yourself. And then just cause like, usually when it's on both, it's pretty scary, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. And then, and then eventually it, it was uh, on the right leg. It kind of like moved. It was weird. Started with both and then it moved to the right. And so um, I went to a physical therapist uh-huh. and uh, he kind of gave me some exercises and some stretches to do, uh, to work with. Uh-huh. And so um, for a few months, I didn't even sit, you know, like at, in a chair, I was either like standing or I was standing like desk, yeah. laying down in my belly on the couch with working, you know, <laughs> which uh-huh. might have caused other issues now that I think about it. Uh-huh. But um. But then it went away after about three months, three to four months. But man, it was so painful. And uh, and then after that, I decided, you know, I'm not, I'm no longer going to sit when I'm working. So I bought a um, a little treadmill desk. And so I'm either walking or I'm standing. But it's been tremendous. Yeah, I've been doing it for about like five months now. Um, you burn a few hundred calories, you know, a day just by right. walking and standing. And then on top of that, just more energy when you after you walk um, more clarity and, uh, and then no lower back pain anymore, like went away. Nice, so, uh, nice. so yeah, it's been probably the best investment I've spent in the past year. Just, a treadmill desk, huh? Yeah. A treadmill desk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, um, usually you see like stand up desks, but treadmill desks, that's a different, completely different animal. Yeah. Like you're like, walking and you're working at the same time. Yeah. that's really cool yeah it depends on the like the task you know so like if i have a task where it's like i need to put in a lot of mental energy then i just stand but if it's like you know emails or something that's light and doesn't require too much brain power then i would turn on the uh turn on this you know the treadmill yeah Mm -hmm. well that makes it easy or that makes it easy to get your steps in too oh yeah definitely definitely So, um, so one thing, uh, you know, I was kind of drawn to, you know, your content recently is, Mm -hmm. um, I noticed that you became more vocal about like, like, I think a video you described the masculinity crisis, Uh right? So what is the masculinity crisis? (laughs) (laughs) So it's a, it's a good topic. It's a deep one too. Yeah. But the masculinity crisis, at least how I'm seeing it, is the current state of men, you know, or boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a crisis because in the past, like if we look at, you know, the the warriors or the men that went to war, I think that breed of men is completely different from the type of men that you see nowadays, you know. In the past, they would be legit like warriors going to war. 
maybe training, fighting, or building things, making swords, you know, like like hardcore physical stuff but now it's like we have keyboard warriors you know people who (laughs) (laughs) play video games all day it's like it's not necessarily bad to play video games but Mm -hmm. instead of going to war and training for war people are on the computer you know attacking other people with their words or playing Mm -hmm. too much you know games instead of going out and hunting they're you know watching porn or you know you know what i'm saying so mm-hmm. the the masculinity crisis is there's a crisis within masculinity like there isn't that type of masculine role model or at least there there are men out there still nowadays but the type the amount of them and the type of them have been decreasing tremendously similar to like how you know like there's studies like now that our testosterone is going lower and lower compared to what it was before. So essentially like in a nutshell, that's what I see as a masculinity crisis. It's a, you know, the rising of weak men, boys that aren't developed yet. So that's what I see as the crisis. Hmm. Interesting. Uh Now, do you think it's because like, what do you think is the cause of that? You know, do you think it's because of like, like you said, video games and like, you know, just like devices that, are tempting you know that that kind of caused them to um kind of move towards that or do you think it's like a deeper issue like what do you think is the cause of this uh masculinity crisis yeah well it's all those it's 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 multifactorial but the first few things that pop up to my mind is one you know the rising feminine you know feminism uh and then yeah video games would be one of them that's like the low-hanging fruit porn would be another and then consumerism, like eating too much food, food mm-hmm. that has, like that disrupts their their endocrine system, their hormones. If you're eating foods that kind of cause your balance, like your hormones to be imbalanced, mm-hmm. because your your testosterone and your like growth hormone is based off of cholesterol, and if you're not eating enough like animal products, like Liver King, you know, like all those mm-hmm. organ meats and whatnot, you don't have the 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 raw building block of the of the hormones that you need to have those levels of you know testosterone so if you're not working out you're not eating correctly and you know you have access to video games instead of going out to train you have access to porn instead of going out to watch uh, or to you know talk to women and chase women and whatnot then all the stuff that you're designed to do as a man gets like decreased you know mm. and because of that you you now have like a a lower a lesser man you know Mm. because men need like challenge and they need things that really sharpen their tool in the real world not not something that's virtual you know what i'm saying Mm. so i think the cause it's multiple multiple things food devices the consumerism all of it you know combined together that's affecting the way the man is thinking and feeling and as a result that's what is the byproduct if you just look around you know it's Mm. you can see it everywhere right yeah so how many men do you think, like, like if you had to, out of a hundred percent, right? Like how many, what percentage of men do you think are going through that? The first thing that popped in my mind was like 60, maybe like, I would say it oscillates, you know, mm-hmm. in the Western society, I would say at least half of the men are mm-hmm. suffering from that and maybe wow. closer to 80. Yeah. There's like a echelon, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I would say the top 20% or like 20% of men are the ones that are trying to get up to the climb up the ladder and you know become more masculine and they see through see see what's going on they're not 
you know, falling for that trap, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's miserable, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, is it, do you think it's just like, like just, just two cat groups, like weak men and then like, you know, men that are trying to strive for better? Or do you think, is there like in between like a middle class, you know, like. <laughs> no, no, there definitely, you know? there definitely is a middle class, you know, mm-hmm. there, I, there's, it's like, you know how they say like uh, autism, can you, can you still hear me? I, yeah, I can like, hear kind you. Of, mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I kind of decreased in sound, but I think there's like a, a spectrum kind of like how they say autism spectrum disorder. Mm-hmm. Like, I think there's a spectrum. I, I think there's more, like more men that mm-hmm. are falling down and getting weaker mm-hmm. uh but i don't think it's like black and white like you're either weak or you're strong you know mm-hmm. i think there's a lot of you know maybe struggling men too that are like caught in the middle trying to figure out how to not be weak and haven't developed strength yet you know what i'm saying so mm-hmm. there's like mm-hmm. there's different levels to it right. for sure yeah yeah i see interesting mm-hmm. okay so um where do you think like where do you think this leads? You know, do you think it will continue to go down this path where like 99% of men are going to be weak and there's only 1%? Like, where do you think it ends? You know what I mean? Uh, well, it's just, I'm glad you asked that because there was a quote that I was wanting to share and this, this answers it perfectly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of it before, but it was basically hard times create strong men. Mm-hmm. Strong men create good times. Good times create weak men. And then weak men create hard times. So basically it's a cycle of life, you know, because mm-hmm. when things are hard, that's when strong men get cr- created. Like the, the like the, there's going to be seed of black and white, mm-hmm. like yin and yang, that the cycle of life will just keep going forward. Like there's going to be good times. And because there's going to be good times, there's going to be a lot of weak people. Mm-hmm. And when there's a lot of weak people, it creates hard times. So that cycle just keeps going back and forth. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just going to be, it's eventually going to end, you know, like, I think the women are going to realize like they can't run this world by themselves Mm -hmm. or they can't be the leader the whole time. You know, I think men were designed to be leaders. I think men were designed to be strong. I think men were designed to have mission, have purpose and be like the head of the household. And when there isn't that there's a bunch of chaos and disorder, but you know, after chaos and disorder, there's order and you know law and then when there's too much order and law there's chaos and disorder and then it just goes back and forth back and forth until eternity basically mm, okay. yeah yeah so so you kind of see it as a cycle like yeah it's always Very going to be so. cyclical and it's never going to get a point where we're always going to have strong men or we're always going to have weak men it's going yeah. to change over time exactly because like i don't know if you're aware but like in our history lessons it seemed like we were in a patriarchy for a good amount of time. You know, the men were in charge. They were like the leaders in war, you know, there was Kings and, you know, and stuff like that. But now it's more like uh, the woman, you know, a strong woman, the uh, was bo- the boss bitch, you know, like, you know, have the, or the boss babe, you know, and have like women's rights. Yeah. Women feminism, you know? So I think there's going to be a period of that, but then there's, there's also going to be like the men are going to be suppressed and out, you know, so it's going to flip. And I think mm-hmm. we're right at that transition point between like night and day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, do you think there always has to be like a yin and a yang, or do you feel like they can both be in harmony, like where it's almost like equal, you know, like 50% men, 50% women, or do you think just life is just 
swings back and forth like a pendulum, you know, like we can't really, humans can't really balance. We're always like, you know, on one extreme or the other, moving between one extreme uh, or the other. Uh, I think it is part of life. I also think there's going to be periods where we're getting closer to equilibrium, like we're staying in equilibrium for longer, where there's like harmony. Mm. Uh, but then depending on how, I guess, evolved or what phase of development people are in or the universe or the planets, right? Depending on what phase it is in, that harmony can only last for so long until, you know, polarity, because there's, it's the law of duality, you know, there's yin and yang, there's always going to be night and day in some countries or in some places in earth, like there's, there's only two seasons. So, you know, or there's like four, you know, so I think it really depends on maybe where you're living or, you know, what age it is. Cause like in, in the yoga traditions, there's like the yuga cycles. So like, mm -hmm. depending on what cycle we're living in, there might be more balance between yin and yang or masculine and feminine, but then in different ages, maybe the feminine is going to rise for like hundreds, if not thousands of years. I don't know, but yeah, I think there's always going to be a back and forth, but mm -hmm. there's always going to be pockets of people or communities who know how to live in harmony mm. and yeah, really have the energies balanced. Do you think and, that's the most ideal sort of culture is like having a balance? Yeah. Cause uh, right. As I mentioned that something popped up, like mm -hmm. the it's related to the work that I do. It's like pot, like equilibrium, having mm. postural balance, you know, and then having your body in homeostasis. Um, that's just like the optimal state for, for the world or, you know, for, for humans, for in general, like homeostasis, like having balance and not mm -hmm. having too much of one or the other. Yeah. 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 That makes a lot of sense. You know, one thing that kind of came to mind, like, um, yeah, I'm sure you heard about the recent shootings, you know, like it's, it's kind of like at the point where there's one happening, you know, pretty much every week, you know, um, and then one thing I've, I think people can easily notice uh -huh. is that there's one sort of, and I'm generally speaking here, but most of the time it's men, you know, that are doing this, the shootings. And so it's like, what causes someone to be, feel so much pain that they feel mm -hmm. like they need to share that pain with other people and, and really like go out there and take lives, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that's one thing that I've been just kind of like marinating on and just kind of reflecting mm -hmm. on. It's like, what causes men to get to that point, you know? And it's, and it might be very similar to what you're saying. It's like men in, are in so much pain and the weakness mm -hmm. um, because a strong man wouldn't do something like that. You mm -hmm. know, someone who's like mature, someone who's confident in themselves, who's a family man who like, you know, takes care of uh, their community. They're, they're not going to do something like that. And so um, I think a lot of like, I think a lot of, you know, like the term masculinity has been thrown around so, so many different ways. And uh -huh. I think a uh -huh. strong man is someone that doesn't hurt other people, uh -huh. you know, at least like unnecessarily, unnecessarily, unless yeah, yeah. they have to, right. Yeah, yeah. Self-defense or they're protecting their family, mm -hmm. but they're not going out there and harassing women and attacking women or, mm -hmm. uh, or attacking other people or shooting up places. They're like taking care of their community, you know, mm -hmm. in my opinion. I mean, what yeah, are your thoughts yeah. on that? Uh, in terms of like why men shoot people up or does a shooting or what's going on? Yeah. Exactly? Like what, what do you think um, kind of like the pain what's besides like the porn and the addiction and like, yeah. um, 
you know, the, uh, the video games, do you think there's something else going on besides that, that's causing men to like, shoot, things, you know, shoot yeah. up, like what is causing that pain? Well, there's, there's two things. The, the first one would just be more like, you know, I think the mainstream media chooses to show us uh, what they want us to see in terms of like shootings, maybe gun rights and whatnot, just to paint that picture, because I'm sure there are many other gruesome, hor- horrible things that happen in the U.S. or in the world that men are doing or people or certain groups are doing that they aren't showing, but they're specifically showing the shooting for a reason. Mm-hmm. But to answer the question about why I think, you know, it's it's hard to say. Maybe there's a bit of psych- psychoticness to that, you know, like psychosis, you know, mm-hmm. and that's what I would term. I would say it's a mix of psychotic behavior, like a psychopath and also toxic masculinity you know people Mm. talk about toxic masculinity but i think when masculinity isn't expressed in a proper way like it's festering inside like all that pain of like maybe not having a girlfriend or not having anyone look up to you or not having anyone appreciate you you don't feel like no one you're unseen basically so Mm. in order to feel control and to exercise your power as a man in order to feel significant or in order to feel like I, I have, uh, you know, control over something. I'm going to show people, you know, my strength by creating, like making a gun or shooting up a school or blowing something up because I want to feel, I want to feel significant. But yeah, I think, I think it's more psychopathic in a way, mm-hmm. because even the weakest men or the people who aren't doing well in society or like men who aren't like, I guess, mentally healthy, I don't think there's a, large number of people who would go up to a school and shoot people up you know mm-hmm. i think they'll just medicate themselves with food or they'll just watch more porn or play more video games i don't i think the school shootings are more of a psychopathic behavior mm. combined with what the mainstream media wants to wants you to see basically yeah right yeah, yeah that makes a lot of sense um yeah. especially the part where you talk about like not having a sense of control and uh-huh. feeling like they need to express that sort of control mm-hmm. you know like um it kind of what comes to mind is the book man's search for meaning okay. you know yeah um, i've heard of that one so having having like a mission having a purpose uh-huh. and uh-huh. then that allows you to divert all your energy and focus into that purpose or that mission yeah so so i think that's something that's crucial for men uh-huh. you know i mean for everybody but or more specific. specifically, yeah, yeah, because if they have a mission, you're not be, you're not thinking about doing bad things. You know, if you have a mission that's doing good in the world, you're not thinking about all the bad things. Uh, you're able to avoid temptation easier. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you're more disciplined. You have you're more focused. You can move on and you fin- uh, work on finishing tasks and completing tasks, mm-hmm. right? So that's what comes to mind when I think about like just having control you know and mm. putting that control towards like a higher meaning and a higher purpose mm-hmm. no that's exactly it um i think purpose is essential for men you know like you were saying it, it gives you something to be disciplined for it gives you a place of channeling energy i don't know if you know Bedris Kulian, but he was talking about like how people like like dogs men are like dogs like we need something to fetch we need something to do otherwise we just keep chasing after the tail or barking or doing stupid stuff, you know, mm. because it's, it's not, a, there, there isn't something to funnel our energy towards and, you know, give ourselves to. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. 
So, um, you, I mean, what's talking about like life's purpose, like what is your purpose? You know, what, what do you feel like you're on this earth to accomplish? Yeah. Well, I reflected on that for a good amount of time. Uh, when it came down to when I got into the massage therapy school, uh, it was, I see my Dharma, you know, my path Dharma is to align people's bodies, transform their bodies through, uh, the services like my hands-on services having a wellness clinic and just you know bringing people into homeostasis like showing people their best self basically mm -hmm. through body work through movement through nutrition you know so having a center a place and being able to package all that and deliver it to someone so that they can experience you know the highest potential that they have for their life so that that would be my highest purpose but the road to get there uh, there's going to be many different, you know, detours, paths, and things like quests that I need to uh, kind of accomplish in order to make that a reality. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, it's basically to transforms, transform lives. That's what I would say. Awesome. Yeah, yeah I think I uh, can definitely resonate with that. You know, that's what I'm starting to realize mm -hmm. is that there's not one path to like transformation, helping other people. You know, there's so many different paths and so many different ways you can impact people's lives. Mm -hmm. So um, that's one of like my mission, my life's purpose is to impact. I'm just going to put a, you know, like billions, you know, I, I want to make like a large scale world, worldly impact. Nice. But there's not just one way to do that. You know, there's so many different things that you can do that could impact that. Yeah. You mentioned you wanted to be a philanthropist. I remember that. Yeah. 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 A long time ago. And yeah. I, that is still my mission. You know, yeah. um, I don't see myself just being one thing, uh -huh. you know, like I kind of resonate more towards the, like, not like a re Renaissance man, but just have different, many different things I'm interested in and uh -huh. that I would like to pursue, Yeah, you know? So like one of them is definitely business. One of them is going to be philanthropy. Um, I do enjoy talking to people that I find interesting and having conversations with them and you know, that, that kind of bring up discussion mm -hmm. and critical thinking, um, get people to reflect, you know, just things like that. Um, so those are some of the things that like, I'm just passionate about right now. Yeah. How do you plan on getting there? And like, what would you say your, your vision or your mission is, you know, your life purpose? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Life's purpose will definitely be similar to yours. Um, positively impact lives, you know, ar around the world. And and uh, becoming the best version of myself and helping others do the same. Mm -hmm. So that's that's kind of like my mission. And uh, there's definitely a lot of ways to get there. Um, oh, another thing I'm passionate about is health and wellness. You know, that's that's one thing I've been uh, down because if <laughs> what, what is it? Uh, the, the quotes like if if uh, you're not if you're dead, you're out of business. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. kind of a great reminder. Is like, hey, like. Work is important, but there's uh -huh. something else that comes before that, you know, which is your uh -huh. health. And sometimes people will sacrifice your health for work. You yeah. Know? And that's, that's one thing, like, I have to remind myself sometimes. Uh -huh. It's like, oh, man, I want to work harder. I need to put more hours into my work. And it's uh -huh. like, well, that, that means I need to sleep less, you know. Um, uh -huh. And then I'm like, okay, well, how much less? It's like, oh, I'm only getting four or five, six hours. That's, you know, I want to get around seven to eight because, you know, sleep is critical for your health, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, so I, I definitely remind myself sometimes because I, sometimes I go too hard and I want to, I need to like, you know, balance myself out with, with making sure I take care of my health. Mm. 
Yeah, yeah. The, that reminds me of, uh, I forgot, it was a saying of like how like a rich person has many desires or many wants, but the person in the hospital only had like, who is suffering from ill health only has one desire and that's to be healthy, you know? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. I butchered that, but I think there was something about that. Yeah. And that definitely puts it into perspective really quickly. Yeah. 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 Like the person that's dying of like cancer or something, Mm. he only wants one thing and that's to be healthy. Right. And then the person who has like a lot of money, like I want the yacht, I want this, I want that, you know, Mm. but health. Yeah. It's the, it's the foundation. Yeah. Yeah. I like quotes like that, you know, where there's like, it's only like one or two senses, but really quickly it puts things in perspective. You know, it's, yeah, like, it hits. it's like a gut punch, you know, uh-huh. like, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So, really- um, so yeah, like, uh, I know, you know, talking uh-huh. about health and wellness, I uh, yeah. noticed like on your Facebook page, I mean, your, you know, Facebook timeline, Yeah. the top picture are uh-huh. some risque, uh, <laughs> risque shirtless pictures, pictures of yourself <laughs> <laughs> posing, you know, and oh, flexing yeah. on people. Uh-huh. So, um, and then I was reading the post and one of the uh-huh. things you said was that you, after 10 years, it's like, yeah. you figured it out. You figured out the secret to get uh-huh. consistent gains, Yeah, you know? And, um, <laughs> you know, for the people just listening, Kevin yeah. is uh, pretty lean. What, what would you say you're like 12 to 15% body fat? Yeah, I, I would say I oscillate between that. You know, if I'm trying to get a little bit bigger, then I'll be closer to 15%. Mm. But yeah, I would oscillate between maybe 12, 10 to 12 at my leanest. And, you know, yeah, it really depends on how I'm feeling. Fat actually comes really off really fast on my body, even like within oh, days, nice. you know? Oh, nice. Yeah, but um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so what are the secrets, you know, you <laughs> 10 years of secrets, you know, and I'm sure that people want to, and by the, the way, secrets. like Kevin yeah. is, Kevin's been working, everybody, Kevin has been working out for a very long time. How, how many years have you trained for? Like, Since high school, you know, we started to get almost started together, you know, I think, I think you started before me, like a little yeah, bit before me. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. I, probably started. Field, I remember that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, it was track and field. And then I probably got into it like a year or two. <clears throat> like sophomore year. So mm-hmm. what was that? Like 15, 16. So almost, yeah, like 10, 11 years. Yeah. But uh, see, I mean, compared to the people who've been in 10, 11 years, I mean, I obviously don't compare to people. I, I don't think I'm, I'm like, I don't, I'm not there yet. You know, like I don't look mm-hmm. as good as I know I could look. So just to be fair, like take my advice with a grain of salt, but yeah, yeah. I've been doing it for 10, 11 years. Not, yeah, it's a good amount of time. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I've, I've done this. I've, uh, yeah, we started, I remember uh, we started working to get out together. I think uh-huh. it was uh, senior year. Yeah. Um, I think it was like during the winter. I remember I signed up for the 24 hour fitness there. And, yeah. We uh, worked out together. I remember yeah. That. Then we worked out together and, um, and, you know, like I always looked up to you cause you had a few years, I think you had a year, at least a year or two years of training before I did. And, uh, uh-huh. and yeah, I think I'm getting close to 10 years now. Uh-huh. And I yeah. definitely feel like I've made progress, you know, like I'm, I don't like to compare myself, but I, uh-huh. yeah, <laughs> you know, I, like I try to focus on my own thing at the gym, but yeah. I do see myself, myself like a little bigger than the uh-huh. people there, like a little bit more experienced people there are probably like either starting off or like they're a few years in. Right. Uh-huh. Um, so I definitely have a lot of experience, but like you said, there's like, there's so much more I can achieve. You know, I feel like, like, uh, what was it last week? The guy came up to me and he's like, 
man, like your shoulders are popping. I'm like, you think so? <laughs> you know, like, I don't think so. <laughs> you know, like, uh, yeah. he's yeah. like, yeah, you know, I've been trying to work out my shoulders more. And, um, and whenever I see someone with, uh, you know, good shoulders, shoulders. I, uh, recommend them. I'm like, yeah, thanks. But you know, I feel like I, I, I got, I, they could be bigger, you know? Yeah. I guess that's kind of like the obsessiveness of like bodybuilders and people that want to like get bigger yeah. is like, it's never enough. You yeah. Know? It's, it's, it's like, it's, I want more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's chasing like your potential, your, your perfection, you know, chasing what, you know, like there's an image of what you feel like you can get to. And it's like constantly striving towards that. So, mm-hmm. I mean, like comparing yourself to yourself would be the best way to go, you know, as opposed right. to someone else. Cause a lot of the people are on like steroids and gear and all yeah. that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that, by the way? Like, you know, uh, yeah. What do you mean in terms of steroids? Yeah. So like mm-hmm. liver King. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. If that sucks. People, if you guys don't know liver King, liver King is like this guy that blew out of nowhere uh-huh. and he, all he eats is like organs and meat. Yeah. And like, you know, he talks about these and te- ancestral, ancestral tenants, tenants. Uh-huh. and, um, and this guy's yoked and he like, out of like he went on podcast after podcast and denying that he did any steroids and then like yeah. a bombshell truth came out and the leak emails and he got caught and then he yeah. had to like backtrack and so like what are your thoughts on like the steroid steroid use in mm. in the industry in the fitness industry I mean, I don't necessarily see it as a problem if people are like honest about it and like if everyone at the top like at the top of the top are competing with steroids, then it's like, you kind of ha- don't have an option if you want to like get to your peak, 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 you know, cause then you'll, you'll hit your genetic limit. And then to get past your genetic limit, you need to have like steroids to an extent. So I think it's, it's okay. It's, it's, it's not natural, but like, it's, it's normal for them to do it for people to do it. Uh, but, you know, I think when you're misleading people like, Oh, you can look like this, or you can achieve this uh, you know, naturally, then that's where it kind of gets, uh, kind of, kind of like iffy, you know, I think that's where the line needs to be drawn, but Hey, I mean, a lot of the people that I looked up to, maybe they did steroids and because they look so good on steroids that motivated me to go even harder, you know? So there's some inspiration in people who do steroids, uh, that lie about it, but at the end of the day, it is what it is, you know? So I'm not against it. You know, I personally won't take it, but at least not until, I hit my peak or anything, you know? So we'll see. Yeah. Does, does a disservice, mm-hmm. you know? And one thing that like, I'm kind of, I've noticed recently is even the natural people, yeah. the people that got there naturally and they look good. They put in yeah. a lot of hard work. Yeah. They're being accused of steroids now. That's exactly you know. It, yeah. And so like, it's almost like a cop-out for people, you know, that are just beginning. It's like, Oh, I'm not, I'm never going to look like that because they're using steroids and I'm not using steroids. And so it's almost like an excuse for people either not to get started or work harder. And so that's one thing I think it's really dangerous. Now it's like, it's gone to a point where people are accusing anybody that looks good of using steroids. And there are people out there that are not using steroids that have achieved it through dedication, hard work, obsessiveness. And yeah. things like that, you know? It, no, no, that's a really good point because a lot of the people online, like the internet wizards, internet warriors are like, they'll see a nice, good body that like is kind of skeptical. It's like, oh, I don't know if that, I don't know. Is that guy natural? He looks, 
looks kind of shreddy, looks kind of ripped, but you know, I'm just going to say he uses steroids, you know? So it's just like, that's the easy way out. And you know, when you accuse someone of using steroids, whether or not they do, like it just puts in your mind that like, yeah, I don't have to work as hard or like, I don't, there's no way I can achieve that. And you you set yourself up for failure, basically. Like you create a limiting, a block or a limiting belief that, you know, you need to do steroids in order to look good, which is like a false premise. So it does limit people. So yeah, it's a, you're completely right on that, you know? Yeah, yeah. Sucks. I mean, hey, those people, they're probably not going to look good at all. So, I mean, regardless of whether you're on steroids or you're natural, or like if you look good naturally, like you have to put in an insane amount of work. So it doesn't matter if you're on steroids or you're not like to look good, you have to work very, very hard. So, man, you know, it is, but it is. Yeah. yeah. And I think it goes back to like, you know, like comparing yourself to yourself, you know, mm-hmm. it's like if you're on social media and then you're either jealous of other people, you're uh-huh. not willing to put in the hard work that says something about you. You know, so like, stop looking at other people and focus on, hey, can I, can I personally, me, look better? You know, and, uh-huh. and, and so like, I think that's, that's crucial. You know, that's critical. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I've been pretty obsessed with, and I'd say probably about the last year is uh-huh. uh, longevity. You know, uh-huh. I've been like really following some longevity uh, doctors and influencers. Have uh, you ever heard of like um, Dr. Peter Tia? Mm-hmm. Okay, Peter Tia, uh, David Sinclair is another good one. Um, so D- David Sinclair, he's you know he's a Harvard professor and he's learning how we can almost like reverse age, mm-hmm. uh, you know, th- doing through doing like different diets and they do like very like scientific uh, studies, you know, to figure that out. Mm-hmm. And um, and so he has a podcast called Lifespan and I've been you know I listened to that when it came out and uh, yes. some of his. Uh, videos they're both interviewed by joe rogan that's how i kind of um learned about them uh, um so david sinclair takes a like holistic approach uh through like you know doing many different sort of things including like um some prescription drugs mm-hmm. um you know whether it be diet sleep decreasing stress all that and then peter atia focuses more on like um like physical like mm-hmm. what can you physically do to increase your longevity it's like grip strength, you know, uh, building muscle strength, uh, you know, having a VO2 max training with a VO2 max of like, I think two um, for a certain amount of time per week, you know, like mm-hmm. saunas, like that sort of thing. So um, yeah, I've been, I've been, uh, I've been pretty obsessed with longevity, longevity. and I even tailored my <laughs> diet uh, okay. to, to fit longevity, you know? Well, how are you changing it? I'm just curious. Yeah. So a couple of things. So um you know, one of the things is nuts. I found that like nuts is really good for longevity. So I started eating more nuts, mm-hmm. um, uh, fruit, having a certain amount of fiber and fruit in your diet. So making sure I get more fruit in my diet, berries specifically. So I think that's one thing that uh, a lot of the studies kind of indicate towards is like berries are kind of like, especially blackberries are really good. Raspberries are really good for longevity. Uh, some of the med, some studies are showing like Mediterranean diets are really good. So like, it's okay to have some meat, but not too much meat. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so it's kind of hard because it's like, I'm also like into bodybuilding and I need to make sure I have enough protein. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, I, I kind of balance, you know, have mm-hmm. a balance in between longevity and also, mm-hmm. um, and also like, uh, like bodybuilding mm-hmm. and muscle building. 
but um, but this indicates that like Mediterranean diets, like limiting meat, is um, in, important for longevity. And having some meat is fine, but not too much, you know, not too much meat and overdoing it. And then having more veggies and vegetables and uh, whole vegetables and whole, um, you know, whole uh, grains are are important. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're Asian too, so you have the genetics. Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) What were you going to say? Yeah, no, what's your diet like? You know, I I notice on uh, social media, you're like, I think the recent one is like a a soup that you made with like different vegetables and stuff. So like, what's, do you eat the same thing every day? Or do you like have, a you know, like does your diet vary day to day? Yeah, well, it, it varies. And yeah, I definitely think longevity and like good health and vibrancy, a lot of that comes from nutrition. But uh, I alternate between like vegan and vegetarian when I'm not training as hard, like when I'm trying to like lighten up and, uh, and then I'll do high quality animal protein for like cholesterol and like hormones. So at night I'll have like high quality meat with some vegetables, but I keep it super clean for the most part. Um, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, food is very important when it comes down to uh, your skin, how you look, and like how long you're gonna live. But I keep it clean, organic, you know, colorful foods, and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Increased vegetables more because the only thing I really eat as far as uh-huh. vegetables go are like carrots, you know, like the small baby carrots that I dip with like hummus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, most of my fiber comes from. Uh, from uh, fruits. Uh, but I also saw this study. Um, oh. There's this guy named uh, Nutrition Made Simple, and he had a couple um, researchers on, and they tested the difference between fiber and uh, foods with probiotic, you know, uh, you know probiotic, probiotic enzymes, like, okay. you know, kimchi and like sauerkraut and pickles and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Um, and then he found that it's actually easier. They found that's easier to digest probiotics foods with probiotics Mm. um versus fiber especially Mm -hmm. for people who for a long time did not get any fiber you know they're Mm. eating really bad food Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden they're increasing their fiber they're Mm. having a reaction to it their guys having a reaction because it's used to not having fiber for a long time and now you're bringing too much fiber in at once so they have to be very methodical about introducing the fiber into their diet Mm -hmm. and and so um and so but overall they found that like foods with probiotics, like kimchi is easier to digest than, than just high fiber type foods. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. um, so I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Cause, um, kimchi and stuff like the, the raw food that are living that has like a bit of bacteria in it. I think that because it's alive and it has like bacteria to helps digest it while it's in your gut, as opposed to just like eating a starch or like a potato or something, you know? like something that's just heavy in carbs and has nothing like fiber and has nothing, no enzymes, nothing. I think that's where the problem is. Yeah. So like, what are some of the, I know you like mentioned whole foods. So like, do you just eat vegetables and meat? Do you have any like carbs in there at all? Some like specifics? High, yeah. Yeah. Like I want to hear yeah. specifics. Oh yeah. Yeah. I got you. I got you. Yeah. So uh, it's funny. Cause I was just writing my nutrition section on my, on my program, like redoing it. And uh, nutrition was the most comprehensive uh, part of it because it's so important when it comes down to the, to your vibe, your vibrational frequency uh, and like how you look, how you feel, how people feel you. Uh, but you know, my, I would say my secret would be to 
uh, adhere to the rainbow diet. So I try to get as many colors in my, in my palette as possible. And I try to make them raw and organic. So like in my smoothies, I'll put in like uh, kale, like organic kale. And like, when you choose the vegetables, when you choose the kale, like you want to choose one that's fresh, you know, and it's fresh when it's like crispy and hard. Like if it's like floppy and flimsy and it looks like it's like been out for a while and it's all brown and stuff like, or yellow, it's no good. You know, so you want something that's like crisp, hard. And like when you smack it, it like, it has some, it has some like resonance to it, you know? So organic kale is like my go-to when it comes down to getting like super nutrients in your body, because I forgot the nutrient profiles, but it has a bunch of like vitamins and minerals and it's really good with detoxing. So I'll put like uh, kale in my smoothie and then I'll mix it with uh, bananas and maybe one more serving of like rainbow carrots, right now, like organic carrots, something that has high vibe, like high life force in it. And then the protein, like I'll mix it, mix it all together and I'll drink that. And then at nighttime, like I'm trying to be super clean, then I'll just eat like two different colors of vegetables and then some very high quality meat, you know, not like the conventionally raised chicken or not the conventionally raised pork, you know, or like beef, like grass-fed, pasture-raised, wild-caught fish, like high quality stuff. And like, you're going to have to pay more for it, which a lot of people have problems with, but it's like, if you go out and eat, what is that extra $5 you're spending on a pound of meat? Or what is that extra $10 you're spending on the fish? You know, it kind of balances out. And it's like, if you, even if you don't see it that way, eventually you're going to pay for it somehow down the line with like ill health, you know? So you might as well just pay an extra five, $10, $20 on quality food and get it clean as clean as possible. So yeah, the way I go about it is like two to three different colors and then uh, make it as high quality as organic as possible and keep it clean. That's how, that's the secret sauce right there. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Speaking of secret sauce, I, uh, yeah. we kind of went off topic earlier. <laughs> trade, so yeah. we got to go back to yeah. like the secret sauce, <laughs> of, like the 10 years of experience yeah. that yeah. you've learned through like making consistent gains. So Kevin, what yeah. is the secret? You know, what is the secret people need to hear? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll share what works for me. Uh, but yeah, I, I feel like I don't like I'm qualified to do it, but I don't feel like I look good enough to like justify like taking, you know what I'm saying? But that's just, you know, stuff I just got to get through. But basically the way I've progressed uh, this year or these last few years consistently is uh, actually one is just recovering, you know, getting enough sleep. Because if you're not sleeping enough and you're not recovered, then you can't physically push yourself at the gym to lift more. Right. But, uh, the, the training secret is just progressive overload. Like it's clean. It's like strict form, you know, strict form, like good form, not just like pumping out, like pumping out the body. Like you see people just swinging, you know, just like mm-hmm. jerking and they look, they look like crap, you know, it's like, it's cause they're not lifting properly. All right. Like bodybuilders, they know how to train, they know how to lift, they know how to target like the muscles, different angles, right? Just by changing your cam position, you can hit a different strand of muscle. So really focusing on the form and then progressively overloading it either with through reps and sets. It's, it's, it, it's not really a secret because everyone knows progressive overload, but no one really practices it. You know, like for me, like I'll, I'll give you an example. Like uh, just this year, I started off with doing single arm dumbbell presses, like shoulder presses with about 70 pounds. And I hit that for about maybe 10, 12 reps. And that was a little bit hard for me, but as I progressed, uh, I went up, did up to 75 pounds, 80, pa- 80 pounds, 85 pounds. And just on Valentine's day, I decided to push it up to hundred pounds, you know? So I was able to do, uh, 
hundred pound single arm press above my head with for five reps. Right. And then once I get strong enough to do it for eight reps, like my shoulders are going to look a little bit different than when I do it for only five reps. And if I can get it for 12 reps, then my shoulders are going to look even more different from doing it for uh, 12. You know what I'm saying? It's that progressive overload over time. But in order to get that, you have to be recovered. You have to have your nutrition on point. You know, everything has to be like dialed in, you know, like your whole life basically has to be oriented around your health and wellness, getting enough sleep, getting new, good nutrients, and then li- knowing how to lift. Most people don't know how to lift at the gym. If you just look around, they just, they don't know how to lift. So <laughs> it's just strict form and progressively overloading your body over time. That's the mm. secret. Yep. Nice. All right. You get it here. <laughs> you heard it here on the Fongbo Show, folks. <laughs> Yeah, 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 that's yeah. funny. Yeah. That's cool. So, um, yeah, I, I know sleep is something that's critical. You know, it's kind of night and day difference. Like yeah. whenever I have low sleep versus high sleep, uh-huh. the effect that has on my, uh, in my lifts. Uh-huh. So, how much sleep do you normally get? Like seven, eight hours, or? Yeah, I I've been trying to sleep early this year since uh, I stopped playing video games, League of Legends, right last year. So I sleep around ten. Uh, no more than 11, like it won't ever pass 11. So, I, and then I'll wake up around six. So if I don't wake up and pee, you know, usually that happens, I'll be able to sleep until, you know, that's a good split eight hours. So 78 hours, I would say solid rest. Yeah. 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 You know, a couple of specifics about form. Uh-huh. Is it like, you know, when you're doing it with strict form, is it like yeah. one, one sort of tempo with oh, tempos, eccentric yeah. and concentric, or uh, is it like one, two in, in the, uh, eccentric, uh, like what, what is the sort of tempo for it? Yeah, I think, well, it depends on the lift and it depends on what you're trying to do, but I would say time under tension, like the longer you keep it, like the more, lo- the longer tempo is, the more your muscles are going to rip. And the more your muscles are going to rip, the better they'll look and come back. Like that's when you get the striations, you know, like if you're doing your bicep curls and you're, you're coming up for one and then you're controlling it down for three or you're coming up for two and then you're controlling it down for three or four seconds. That's when you'll see most of the gains. So like if I'm doing 30 pound dumbbells and I'm squeezing and I'm controlling it down for three seconds and I can do like 12 strict reps with that then the next time I would try and do that for like either 15 reps, right. Or I'll, I'll bump it up to 35 pounds and I'll try to get eight reps in. And then I'll keep going to that process until I can get 12 reps clean or 15 reps clean. And then you'll bump it up again and then like 40 pounds. So I like, now I could like start to curl 60 pounds, but I can't do it clean. Right. But I could do 50, 50 pounds clean. Right. So then I'll just keep oscillating, jumping back and forth, back and forth between 50 pounds, 60 pounds. But really focusing on the squeeze and the time under tension, you know, mind muscle connection, time under tension, really focusing on just the body part that you're doing and really maximizing, like zoning in on that, you know? And then there's like different hand grips. There's different, like, like angles you get hit out. So there's so many different ways you get approach it to make the muscle mm-hmm. grow and stuff like that. But yeah, time under so, tension. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So before you move on to like the next weight level, uh-huh. do you, so like, are you doing one-on-one tempos? Uh, what kind of tempo? Oh, I see. Well, so like it would depend on the exercise, like for back too. Mm -hmm. Like if I do the pull down machine, I come down for like two seconds and then I control it back up for three or four seconds. So it really depends. Like if the heavier it is, you can't, you can't physically do that. 
tempo, but your goal is you want to do that tempo. Like I would say the longer, the better start, try, try something insane, try to make it like five seconds, controlling it down. Mm. And then like eight seconds, controlling it back. So you can really feel the muscle right? and then amp that all the way up until you, you can't physically do it anymore. But the tempo, uh, it depends on the exercise, but I would say the longer, the better if you're trying to bodybuild. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So how often are you switching, um, the different types of like exercises? Are you doing the same exercise every day and then like progressively overloading there? Or like, how often do you change day to day? Yeah. So for my key lifts, you know how people say there's like the squat, the bench, the deadlift and all that, uh, because I'm so into functional training and posture mm-hmm. and whatnot, I I can't overload those, those, um, those lifts. Like I can't overload mm-hmm. bench. I can't overload like, uh, you know, anything that's like squat, like stationary. Mm-hmm. Cause I, I have imbalances, you know, mm-hmm. like my clavicle on my right side is physically smaller. So like, I can't, I can't overload it without causing pain in my body. So instead of doing like a uh, bench press, I'll overload the dumbbell press, you know? So I could, you know, put up a decent weight for the dumbbell press and then the shoulder I'll overload, you know, single arm press as opposed to the, you know, military press. So, um, yeah, I just, I try to get stronger on the key lifts, but, uh, the, the terms of like the progressive overload, the switching back and forth, then that's where I'll, I'll play around with. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. I've, um, yeah, I've been uh, really intentional about like my working, uh, my workouts as well, you know, focusing on like tempo and then I've been also trying to switch things up, you know, a little bit. Like, I think, um, you know, a trainer told me that like every three to four months he would switch the whole training. So that oh, way it gets, keeps the body guessing mm-hmm. and not be at the same pace. So like, I'm trying different things, but like, mm-hmm. yeah, I need to focus more on progressive overload, you know, like it's easy to just go to the gym and just do the same thing. Yeah. Um, but like having something to strive for, maybe even planning it out of where yeah. you want to be could, could probably help. I recently seen your like uh, content on like building Olympic level discipline. Oh yeah. You know, so uh, can you talk about like what that looks like? What is Olympic level discipline? Yeah. Well, in that video, I broke down what I observed in, in the people, like the top echelon, like the highest performing athletes, uh, you know, like Kobe Bryant, Michael Phelps was in that video, Eminem, Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, I observed I listened to the stuff that they were talking about and I try to figure out, okay, what exactly do they do that other people aren't doing? Or what did they do that allowed them to achieve the levels of success that they have? And I broke it down um, pretty simply in a, in, in a basic model, right? So there's like a triangle at the top of the triangle would be a dream, a vision, or a goal. And at the bottom of the triangle would be a burning desire. And then in the middle would be habits. So it's a dream, a vision, or goal, right? A burning desire at the bottom, the foundation, and then the habits, right? So it's really basic, really simple, but there's a lot more to it than that because a lot of people have, you know, a lot of people have a dream, a vision, or a goal. Like I want to have, I want to be a millionaire. I want, to, I want this, I want that. Um, and they have a desire, but it's not like burning, right? Like when you really, really, really want something, you put in the work you make the sacrifices, you figure out how to, how to merely, uh, you, you put in the action steps and the habits are like the things you do every single day to get better at what you do, 
to achieve the hope, the dream, the vision, or the goal. But there's a lot more to it than that. You know, there's like, you have to know how to practice. Like it's all back down to the technique, you know, like you need to know how to lift. You need to know how to hit your body at different angles. So there's, that's the essence of it. You know, have a, have a dream, a vision or goal for what you want in your life, have a burning desire to feel that and then develop the habits that you do every day to get you there. And that's what I observed in them. You know, Kobe Bryant would train three times a day, you know, Arnold trained four to five hours a day. You know, Michael Phelps swam like six to eight hours a day. So it's just insane work ethic. But they only had that because they had Olympic, you know, levels of discipline. <laughs> Basically, yeah, yeah. So, okay. So like, yeah. if someone knows what they need to do uh-huh. and they, they don't it. do it, do you think it's because their goal is not the right goal or like they don't have a burning desire or like, or are they, you know, like, is it procrastination? Do you have to like get over like a mental hurdle? Like, yeah. How does someone fix that? That's a good question because last year for most of my life, I couldn't like, there was one foot on the brake, one foot off the brake. Like I knew this is what I wanted to do. I know, I know what I want in my life. Why can't I get myself to take action? You know, like, why can't I do what I know I need to do? And I think, yeah, some of that comes down to not having a clear dream, vision, or goal. Like you say you want that, but do you really want that? You know, like everyone wants to be a millionaire, but everyone wants to be a millionaire because that's the goal, that that's the culture. Everyone wants to be a millionaire, right? But if you really figure out who you are, like what your heart is calling you to do, what's genuine, what's passionate for you, and you genuinely want to do it, you'll have something that gives you that desire, you know? And you know, I always make the comparison, like, like the video game, people who play video games, right? Like, you don't have to, they don't have to discipline themselves to play video games, right? Like, because they don't, they don't actually, like, like, you, you know, they, they don't have to discipline, it's just fun for them. Like, I want to play video games, I want to get better, I want to level up, right? Because they enjoy doing it. So the key is some people, they haven't figured out or found something that they genuinely enjoy doing, you know, like for me working out, I love doing it. You know, I like going to the gym. I like looking at the beautiful girls and I like training hard and it, I like seeing my body change and I don't have to discipline myself to do it because I love doing it. Right. So part of, you know, figuring out your, uh, uh, figuring out your life, finding your life purpose is finding something you're passionate about, something that's genuinely interesting for you, where you actually are willing to put in the work. And the more, you're clear on that. And the more reasons you find to throw into the fire, the, the bigger, like, you know, the bigger the flame grows and the more you'll be able to uh, take action. But the people who can't take action, chances are they're in an environment or they have like subconscious conditioning or limiting beliefs or things they haven't cleared out of their mind and their body and their soul yet. They haven't like eliminated that and they haven't gotten clear on what, what they wanted. So there's a lot of incoherence in their body. That's, that's why I would I say for the people who can't take action. 